Hey, it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Okay, we've got Sam back on the podcast and feels like it's been a long time since we last spoke on the podcast (laughs) because I feel like these post-lockdown weeks are kind of like a lot is changing. And I know after we had our chat last week, we were both kind of feeling off and on, I can't remember what day it was, maybe it was Friday, I wrote a post on socials and it was about how, um, you know, the the in and outs of lockdown felt very similar to Nick's recovery. So being with someone in recovery where you're like, oh, my God, everything's great. Everything's amazing. Okay, I think we're going to plan something. I think let's do that. Let's now. I'm just going to allow myself to feel hopeful that this period of sobriety is going to last. Things are feeling really amazing on top of the world, and then smash. You know, ah, he would have had a drink, and relapse is just like. It's so deflating. You have to pick yourself up. And then oftentimes it would end up he found it difficult to to stop himself. So he'd go and have periods in rehab. Um, And I would have found that really traumatic and really worrying. And then he'd go and I'd be in charge of the kids. I'd be keeping the business running. I'd be trying to appear normal because we couldn't tell anyone what was going on. So it was just the whole thing was just exhausting. And it was up and down, up and down, up and down. But that was when I really started to work on, okay, this is happening. And yet, I want to be okay. And yet I want to enjoy my life. And yet, you know, I still want to eat healthy or do you know? And so I started to just be very deliberate with myself and include things in my day, no matter what was happening that helped me feel good. And it's like, it's not complicated, but we kind of have to get ourselves back thinking about it. Like, create a consciousness around it. And I think I had just sort of forgotten this last few weeks that we can still be worried about going back into lockdown or we can be feeling funky and fatigued and kind of decision made out like I can't, my brain's not back online properly. And yet we can still find something to really feel great about each day. Um, and so I started going along that path and then you and I, Sam and our amazing friend Shalom, we were all just chatting in our thread as we do every day, multiple times. (laughs) 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 Um, about, we were talking about your anxiety again and where you were feeling with, you know, where you were kind of at with that. And then 
which you can explain a little bit, and then how we got to this point of writing up a joy list. So do you want to just share with everyone what kind of precipitated the call for that in terms of not necessarily the circumstances surrounding it, but when you're starting to feel like that and then the choice that you recognised you had? Yeah. um, So we talked a little bit on the part one of this podcast about feeling me feeling really anxious and how that's not generally where my where I would tend to go to and I'm struggling with that a little bit also partly because it's kind of a new feeling to manage for me um and I guess it's kind of I mean there's a number of things that contribute to it but what was happening was that it's like ended up that I was feeling anxious about every area of my life in some way so if I thought about any area too much I could I could find a way to be anxious about it Mm -hmm. and so that's like buying a house or my relationship or my business or my finances or like, you know, my friendships. And so that also is an an interesting thing for me to have become aware of, which is that the anxiety is there and I'm needing to manage it. And if I don't do anything to try and manage it at the moment, I can just totally superimpose it on anything. And so... So there's um, a, a thing around, you know, like the stories. We, we, you talk a lot about the stories that we make up and the stories we attach to things. And I can find an anxious story to attach to any of the things that are triggering me at the moment because none of them are really triggering me. It's just that I'm feeling anxious and need to manage that and not um, project it onto mm-hmm. areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you talked also in the last episode a little bit about what you just mentioned, you know, this sort of fear of going back into lockdown. and I obviously can't speak for everyone who's in Sydney and New South Wales, but we haven't been in and out of lockdown as many times as you have. And our current premier is way less likely to put us back into lockdown. Um, Although having said that, a mutual friend of ours, the son is um, at a school where there's been exposure and so she's back homeschooling again. But I think on a statewide level, it doesn't feel like a big risk. However, there is this like post-lockdown overwhelm you know we Mm. talked about never really having a rest and then it's just straight Mm. back into life and there's tennis lessons and swimming lessons and social activities and work is picking up and all this stuff that's happening that we never really got to recover from lockdown before going into this and so then we were talking about well if you know if I put my anxious attention on any area of my life well that effectively makes me feel anxious about that area of my life (laughs) and so then how do we find the things that actually make us feel like really high vibe and feel um happy or joyful or also grounded right so like anxiety for me is very um it is a high energy like it's Mm. the depression I think for me is like a a solid Mm. energy but with when I'm feeling this anxiety I'm feeling um very ungrounded and like flighty and sort of zingy Mm. and so what are the things that make me feel joyful but also don't increase that level of zinginess (laughs) you don't need any more zing (laughs) uh and so then we started oh yeah no no, you go well then we started writing lists of like what are the things that make us feel joyful and I thought that would be an interesting thing for us to talk about today such an interesting thing yeah, so I don't know if you've been listening to Glenn and Dora's podcast, but she did one on joy and on how many women don't even remember like where to access it. And, you know, I can remember after my son was born, maybe he was like 18 months old or two years old or something like that, and 
everything in your life changes, obviously, when you have a kid. Plus I had postnatal depression that was medicated right up until he was three. And I remember my ex saying something to the effect of, where did my fun-loving, happy girlfriend go or wife go? And I said, she's dead. She's dead and she's never coming back. Because I felt so far removed from that person that I used to be. And um, I didn't even really recognise that. as I mean, obviously that conversation made me recognise it, but it was only like a couple of years ago that I realised really properly like how disconnected from that old person I had become and, and how hard I was finding that. And anyway, in this Glennon Doyle podcast, she was talking about exactly that and how we sort of get so bogged down in life and doing all the things for everyone else that we just forget what it is that even makes us feel joyful. And I've had conversations in the past with people like a coach saying, you know, write down a list of what brings you joy. And I'm like, I don't know what goes on the list. Mm. And when I try and write the list, it just feels like another to-do list. So how do you have a joy list that's not a to-do list that actually makes you feel joyful? It's like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Literally, I've built a business around this exact thing because one of the things that happens you know with all any type of change that you know and I help women create the changes that that they want to see most of the time they say one of two things number one do you have to know what you want in order to be able to do this program like do you have to know what the change is it's more like I, this just sucks. Yeah, this isn't working. This is just sucks. And I, but I literally have this. no idea. I haven't asked myself that question. What do you mean change? I don't, to change to what? Do I need to know what to change to? So that's a real block for people. And then the other one is, you know, I mean, when, they, when they're asked, you know, what makes them happy, you know, you could just do this. I do the, I've done feel good challenges. I've done all that sort of stuff. The reason why I do that is because I want to draw attention to the fact that most women, when you ask them, what makes you happy? They've got absolutely no idea, none. And so what a beautiful thing to start exploring with yourself. Now, I mean, then then can come the judgment. Oh, my God. Like, I've totally let myself go. I've just got lost in my life and, like, you know, I've just wasted years. But you don't have to do that. You can just start right now and just choose something and and see it as a curious kind of exploration. And before we head into this, I just want to also say that the conversation that we were having was mostly about meaning that you had attached to something that you actually had no idea about and And it was like, oh, why do I go here? Why do I keep going to this place? Why do I keep? And and so we were talking about how maybe when we're feeling good in ourselves, when our life is kind of vibing, when when we're when we're kicking goals at work or in business, or you know, when our social calendar feels full without being overwhelming and we're having great conversations and feeling connected to people and to ourselves and you know all that sort of stuff we actually don't we we we, life is full of the good stuff so we're not just sitting there making meaning out of the bad stuff Mm -hmm. or out of just things that have question marks on them you know we fill in the blanks 
so many times with meaning that doesn't exist. And that's where we were with that in that yeah. conversation. It's like, hang on, you've just, you've created this for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. How was your day? Um, what got you to this point? Like, how could you like increase your vibe, your frequency? What makes you happy so that you're not just sitting here like, you know yeah, spinning in my head spinning out there's, of control yeah, there's a couple of things I think are interesting to add to that so Brené Brown talks about this exact thing too and the language she uses is the story I'm making up is mm. and she also talks about using that in conversation which I have done I use that quite a lot with my partner because it makes it um makes it much less personal like the thing is mm. I'm making up a story so let's talk about the story that I'm making up not let's you know talk about a thing that I'm projecting onto you that now I'm saying you were doing. Yep. Um, and I find that actually a really useful and helpful phrase. And that's exactly what I was doing. Like I was making up all kinds of stories about stuff in my life that was unhelpful, but I was letting it really spiral and get away from me. Yeah. And then another thing that I want to talk about too is like, you know, we've talked a little bit, just touched on, you know, maybe talking about what's on our list that brings us joy and what makes us feel really good or what makes us feel high vibing. But also I think sometimes there's like a step before that because when I think about the things that are on my list, I'm not, joy to me is um, like it's kind of a big energy and mm. maybe we don't need to be seeking like joy and fireworks and stuff all the time. Like some of the things that I love doing, like, you know, one of the things on my list is swimming in the ocean, which is something I do a lot and I did that swim in the ocean every day for a year when I was trying to change my life. And when I think about the energy that I am seeking when I do that, actually very often it's peace. Yes. It's not joy. Yeah. I love doing it and it makes me feel good, but it makes me feel peaceful and grounded and connected to myself and connected to source and stuff, which is not the same, I don't think, as like seeking joy. And like, it could, you know, that makes me think a little bit of like, let's go out to bars and dance, which I do love doing, but that's it's a different type of energy that I'm seeking with these things. Peace is a higher frequency on the vibrational scale than happiness. I didn't know that. Yeah. And when I was changing my life, the vibe that I was going for was peace and calm. Oh, that's so and interesting because that has, without knowing that that's a, the high vibe, higher vibe energy, that is what I have been stepping towards for the last five years as well. Peace it's also always the things. What are you in human design? I don't know. I've never done it. <gasps> Sam! <laughs> I think I don't know my birth time. And I'm oh, like, and find out your birth time. I think everyone should do this. Everyone should go and just do a free online quiz and find out their human design. Um, I should get Carly on and talk about human design. I've found it fascinating. And for me, I'm a manifester. And, um, and my sort of core state of, you know, being is, is peace. So, so it's the thing that my design craves and unintentionally, like I, I had a very chaotic life and the thing that I kept on wanting was peace, but I talk in terms of happiness because I think of it as like smiling inside. Like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're, when you just feel like no one else even has to be able to see it on the outside, but from within me, I'm smiling inside. So yeah. that's when, like, w literally when my eyes see the beach, I smile inside. 
um, when I'm sitting in a cafe and I've got my coffee there and I've got my Portuguese tart there and my laptop <laughs> and there's ambient noise, I am smiling inside. I'm not outwardly, like no one would yeah. know that I'm having a, a high vibe Lisa moment, but they're, it's, they're my codes to happy, my codes to my smile inside mm. vibe. And that's sort of my judge of it. We can have them in all sorts of different ways. You know, so often my kids ask me to watch movies with them. I'm like, I would literally love to just sit down on the couch with you, but like I stripped the beds earlier today. So I've got to remake all your beds before, you know, bedtime and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like there'll be just things that just kind of have to get done. And when I, so when I get down to, when I get to the point where I can just indulge in being on the couch and watching a kid's movie for two hours, that's a smile inside moment for me. Because as a solo parent, I sometimes find like there's just, you know, there's, there's a lot to, um, to get done and there's no one else I can say, hey, could you just blah, blah, blah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't have Charlie with me all the time, but same, there's no one else who's going to do anything in the mm. house at any stage. All the jaws are me and the ones that I give to my son. <laughs> so what was on your joy list? So my list I've got in front of me. So the ocean. So the, I mean, I talked about the ocean in the first part of this podcast mm. as well. Like the ocean is a huge one for me. And um, it is I think I said it then too, like whatever energy you take to the ocean, it has bigger energy and it can take it for you. Mm. And I find that that's true whether there are waves or whether it's flat or whether it's calm or whether it's quiet, whether it's busy at the beach, like none of that matters. It's just a different form of it taking whatever energy you have and sending it away, you know, or like just holding it, not sending it away even, holding it. And I actually often do like a little... It's not quite a prayer, but I've done quite a lot of energy work and there's one form of energy work is called non-personal awareness and there are these little phrases that you use with it. And I do a little non-personal awareness phrase anytime I go to the beach to swim for um, for like my energy, you know, to find peace or whatever. And so I do the little phrase. It's a little bit of a prayer to the universe, I guess. I swim, go under. And it's like a really cleansing thing. In fact, there's this, you know, a story um, when my son's dad and I were trying to figure out where he would go to primary school. So he's eight, he's in year two now, so this is a few years ago. We were like texting, we we're basically having an, a text argument, which isn't a great place to be anyway, but we, we weren't communicating very well then. Um, happy to report that's improved. But we were, <laughs> you know, having this text argument and I said, I have to put my phone down. I'm not ignoring you, but I, I have to remove myself from this conversation. And then I walked down to the beach and I was listening to Pema Chodron the whole way that I was walking there, which is like a 25-minute walk, listening to Pema Chodron, who's a um, Shambhala Buddhist nun, I listening to her the whole time I was walking down there. And I did my little prayer and I had a swim and I got a very clear message of... Um, you don't have to control anything. And then I felt peaceful. Oh, that's the thing too. I was like bawling the whole way there. So I was listening mm. to the and bawling, had my swim, got this really clear message, you don't have to control anything, walked back home and I messaged and I said, you know, school A, either would probably be fine. 
I think the good things about school A are this and the good things about school B are this and the bad things about each of them are this. And I said, it will have a really big impact on my life if we go to the school that's further away because I have to get into the city and I'm finding it hard to manage my life anyway. So my preference is one of the schools. And he just said, okay. And that was it. And it was like, because when you come at these things, you know, we talked about um, holding the outcome in an open palm is a way that I like to phrase it, which is like, I see it sitting there and I would like it, but I'm holding it gently. And if it chooses to fly away and that's not what I get as the outcome, well, my hand is there ready to catch something else, you know? Yeah. And, and when I approached that conversation with him like that, he just agreed. There was no more fight. There was no more animosity. There was no more mean text messages. Like it was just done. Um, so yeah, the ocean is a big one for me for like resetting my energy. Another one is camping and being in nature. So, you know, the energy of the ocean is actually really different to the energy of the forest, even yes. though they're both nature. Yes. And I think, you know, the forest and camping and stuff can be really grounding and oh, yeah. it's a different type of peaceful energy. And I love mountains. I love mountains. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, I think, how they all, you know, the ocean versus the rainforest versus some other forest versus the mountains, like they all have really different energy um, and yet they all bring me back to peace in some kind of way. Mm. different kind of way but I I seek out um nature where there's not anyone there so I live actually relatively close to Centennial Park which is the biggest park in Sydney which is really nice but like really busy it doesn't it's that it doesn't feel to me like a like a place where it's peaceful and grounded um other ones reading a great novel doubly joyful if I'm just reading a great novel lying in the sun oh, triply so- joyful if it's sun, that's not going to burn me. <laughs> so like, like, who sits in the sun? Like, are you talking in under shade? Yeah. Because well, so the, my ideal is like winter sun. So it's mm. like not hot, and you can lie fully in the sun. You won't get burned. It keeps you nice and warm, and, and you can read read my book. I love doing that. I also actually really love sleeping in the sun. So at the beach or in the park or whatever, but covered in sun cream or covered in, you know, something that's going to mean I don't get sunburn. <laughs> Seeing friends mm-hmm. is something that really brings me a lot of joy and I love being around people. I'm really extroverted like you are and so I find being around people will always lift my energy and I actually find, um, you know, just spending time with my son, it's super cheesy but I still really get a lot of joy from hanging out with him and like chatting to him and talking about stories and we like live near, there's a pub in between my house and his school and he always wants to go there for dinner. And so maybe like every fortnight we go there for dinner and it's like a fun little mom-kid date and yeah. hang out and chat and do the like the the maze and the hidden picture thing while we're waiting for food and it's like a really lovely way to spend time with him. And, yeah, so that was I think that was on my list. Uh, horse riding, which I love, but is a bit less accessible. Yeah. I love that list. What a juicy list. I mean, how do you, but but that these things are available to us if we're, if that's what we're seeking out, like if that's what our attention is on, mm. I, I think is really, really important to remember that it's okay if we don't feel like accessing them sometimes. You know, when you're like, 
I know the fucking rules. <laughs> and I talk about this with um, Lisa Carpenter when we share a conversation and um, she was like, sometimes I just want to put all my tools in the freaking toolbox, kick the toolbox. I don't want the tools. I actually I just do want, anything. Yeah, she, she was like, I just want to watch baking shows on Netflix. And, <laughs> and it's also okay to have those times. You know, yeah. we don't have to be, we don't have to be on it all, all the time. And But that when we're ready or when we're sick of ourselves or when we're, wanting to shift that that vibration fill ourselves up in ways that are accessible to us that don't rely on anybody else like they're just purely our little smile on the inside things we can yeah yeah and also on that thing of like we don't always want to or have to do these things that you know, sometimes we just want to slop on the couch and watch Netflix for hours. And I remember when I was talking to my therapist, so obviously I've talked before about how I was so heartbroken after my divorce. And I was talking to my therapist, and I can't remember exactly what I was talking about, but, you know, maybe I was like, oh, well, I shouldn't be dating because I'm not ready for a relationship or something like that, right? And he said, well, Sam, there are no prizes for getting to the end of this the hardest possible way. So why don't you allow yourself to have some fun or I don't even know if it was about dating, but just that line, like there's no prizes for getting to the end of this the hardest possible way. And in fact, you know, there's so much about like the journeys, the the destination anyway, like maybe actually getting there the easiest possible way, the most joyful possible way, the most peaceful possible way. Maybe that's the prize itself. I mean, I don't know if I'm winning that prize at the moment. However, it means it's sort of like a way of giving yourself permission to do this. Right, right. Oh, I can't even tell you. I've had energy clearings to get rid of um, worry around being judged. And I was like, I wonder what that's about. And oftentimes it's been about worrying that people are judging me for being okay um, oh. or for, you know, because you don't want to be seen as being toxically positive or stuff like that. Right, or uh, that you didn't care. Yeah. yeah, or that I didn't care or that I, and I think that's why I share sometimes, share so much tears and stuff like that because I'm like, I don't, I am a naturally optimistic person. I not all my life i've i've been like things work out sometimes i now know uh you know that naivety of life is good <laughs> at all the time and we're all you know that that bubble has been burst hard terrible tragic traumatic things happen and yet i'll still I've found if I give myself the space to feel the feelings, I don't have to attach to being in the feeling for a really long time. Mm. I naturally want to move to find the things. I'll get my eyes to that water so I can feel that. And and I, and I'm so I I don't. But I, but I was but I obviously subconsciously had a fear around being judged 
for that mm-hmm. because like aren't you meant to be blah 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 or who well, are what you do you I feel mean, like you're meant to be still grieving um I think I think that you know what um what I got really good at over the years of being married to Nick was compartmentalizing. So for many years of running that business, I was showing up and really awful things were happening in the background. Life was kind of literally my life as I knew it was falling apart and I would show up and I'd cook a freaking roast chicken on Facebook Live and I would bring it because it was my job. Like everyone has to show up for their work and I was showing up for mine and I wasn't and I got quite good at turning it on yeah and I think that and so through the hard times even when people knew they were hard times I could still do that but I think people were looking at me going like is this real like who this is all see once again making meaning it didn't exist Mm. I have no idea how people perceive me no idea whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just try to share as honestly the ups and downs so that um, I am uh, the truest representation of myself that I can be or that I am, you know, able to share through through this business. Yeah. I mean, obviously people don't know all the things we share in our little Facebook but it's such a gift that that like honesty and authenticity I think because we talked about this before as well you know one of the biggest gifts I think that we can all give to each other is the knowledge that we're not alone in our human struggle you know like when you were just saying like everyone has to show up for work I remember like really shortly after I got divorced um or split up we weren't divorced yet um I was talking to one of my close friends mums and she that she was divorced and she said, you know, when I got divorced, I would drop the kids off at school or whatever and then I would cry the whole drive to work and then I would work, I would be okay at work and then I would cry the whole way home and I would pick the kids up and I would do dinner and all the bath and whatever, you know. And so she was sort of sharing her way of finding place to make space for the mm. grief in her mm. life because we do have to still show up for our kids and show up for our jobs right. and whatever. Um, but I think, you know, one of the reasons why someone like Leonard Doll has been so popular and also you, Lisa, like why you're so popular is because you actually do talk really authentically and honestly about this stuff and people are like, oh, right, it's not just me. Like I found that when I shared that I had postnatal depression, so many people, like I don't even, I didn't even have any kind of audience. It was like blogging for my friends basically. So many people were like, oh, my God, me too. Thank you for being so honest about it. I didn't know anyone else felt like this. Me too, me too, me too, like over Mm. and over and over. And then same with the mother's group, like people in mother's group. One of the girls um, sort of left early one day and I caught up with her and she was like, I would have left mother's group if it wasn't for the things that you'd been writing about because she felt like she was all alone in feeling the way she was feeling. And actually it's like we feel alone but we're never actually alone. Yes, so much. We just did a a body talk session in in Live the Change in our Live the Change group, which I love. It's a modality I really, really like of healing. 
and um and you can do it as a as a group and she was just tapping into you know particular things that the group needed <laughs> and it's like how are we all how do we all have this um one of them was a feeling of being defeated like why do I even try in a particular area of your life and the whole group everyone was able to say yeah it was that and there was something else oh I can't remember um what it was I think it was just uh, it was a fear of something and without a doubt everyone I'm like how humanizing is that how nice that we can be in our own personal struggles or in our own heads but we can look around and think oh yeah her too oh yeah yeah. so it's not just a me thing it's an us thing and I think that's actually a big uh like that's why I love the work that you do in the world in particular and why those conversations about what's happening for women at work and all of those sorts of things are so valuable like because what like everyone's feeling it so can we like create conversation create opportunity for people to interact with something that they might not have put words to themselves but perfectly defines the struggle that they have in their life it's like it's like like just bliss almost when you realise that you're not alone. Mm, yeah. And it also means that there's hope for some kind of solution or acceptance, right? Yeah. Like I love the way Sarah Wilson talks about the climate crisis, like her and her ability to talk about that or, you know, contextualise what so many of us are feeling and still find hope you know, sit in that space. I it's just like, please just keep talking, like keep talking in the way that you're talking. I really need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when anyone is sharing from that personal place of like, we're all just trying to figure this out, but come on, guys, we've got to, we'll get through. Like, come on, like I'll I'll <laughs> I'll shine light on where there is hope. That is a relief to people who are like, well, I could get completely overwhelmed by this in any moment, or this is what's been keeping me up at night, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because it's almost school pickup, did you do anything from your joy list today, or will you? Oh, I have not. I was going to go to the beach this morning with my son, and then he vetoed the whole thing. And so tomorrow morning, that's happening. <laughs> he's been he's been warned. Um, <laughs> Well, what can I mean? Seeing friends does this count as seeing friends? Well, it kind of does. Fun, yes. Uh, so I think what's available to me today? I did exercise. I didn't say exercising, but yes. that also is something that really makes like again, it's not something I would describe as joyful, but I really love doing it. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel in my body. Yeah. So I did that, um, and in fact, I think the thing that I'm going to do to help move me towards peace today is. There's some journaling because I've been trying to do morning pages, which is really hard to do first thing in the morning. Um, but it helps. I find journaling kind of helps get all the things out of my head. And I, while I'm in this state of slightly heightened anxiety, getting all the things out of my head is a helpful thing to be doing at the moment. So rather than a joy list, I'm going to say the thing that's going to move me closer to peace. Do you have a process for your journaling or do you just free flow? Free flow. Do you have a process for your journaling? No. Um, 
No, I don't. I don't. Sometimes it is just getting stuff out. But oftentimes the question that I ask myself, and because in my programs we talk about being a meaning-making machine, I often ask myself, you know, what meaning am I creating around something? Because often I'll pick up the pen and journal when I'm having a bit of a spiral moment. Are you creating any meaning? And also what are you not seeing here? Those are good questions. I'm going to journal those two questions. Yeah. What are you not seeing is a really, really good one because it just kind of invites a next level of exploration. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, sometimes to get out of your own head, I mean, it's that whole thing, right? Even we, we were talking about this too. I've felt a little bit, you know, just sort of getting a bit bored of myself and the same things that I was saying over and over again. And you can never solve that, the problem that you've created with the same level of thinking that created Mm. it. And so I'm always looking at how to bring a different level of consciousness to whatever it is. So that's why sometimes, I mean, instead of journaling, I'll often just meditate or do something like that, or listen to music and walk, because it will actually shift the way that I'm thinking about something. Mm. Um, yeah, I do a lot of meditation for that purpose as well to mm. like try, I mean, well, not even necessarily to calm things down. Another tool that I use a lot, although I don't think you can actually get it anywhere anymore, is Sam Nolan Smith, who I know has oh. spoken to some of your community. Yeah. She has a recording that I got in one of her programs years ago called the mind body soul exercise oh she might even actually just sell it as a standalone and so you you actually use the non-personal awareness that I spoke about earlier in this um, chat in that in some ways but so you sort of ask your body and then you ask your mind and then you ask your soul Mm. to answer a question for you Um, which I love that because I think especially if you're not I don't know like I have done a lot of spiritual practices and stuff and a lot of energy work but still I'm like pretty I can get stuck in my mind and if you try and bypass your mind, it can just get noisy in there. Whereas that this ex- activity, it specifically lets you hear all the noise in your mind. Yeah. And so you don't then have to listen to it, but it's not like clamoring to be heard. Oh, so good. I mean, Sam Nolan Smith, she's just. She is amazing. She changed she, my life. She changed she, my life. She used to come into the Small Steps membership every December and we'd clear stuff out, Compassion Key and all that stuff. I think I need to talk to her again on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Sam, that is part two complete. Part two complete. Uh, Thanks for checking in. Thanks for having me. With me on the podcast. You know, you were highly requested. (laughs) So hopefully everyone is feeling a bit satiated with Sam <laughs> right now but they can also go and listen to your podcast have you still got apps going up yeah yeah new episode came up today I spoke to Jess Hill who wrote see what you made me do about the uh national emergency of domestic abuse in Australia oh what's um, it called again my podcast is called women at work with Samantha Sutherland go listen on your <laughs> podcast app of choice <laughs> Well, Jess um, Hill and then Cole Beck is doing another, is in the next one after maybe in two, who wrote a book called um, White Feminism, which really talks about a lot of the systemic struggles that we face mm. um, and how, you know, the issue with white feminism is an individual solution to it, right? We're talking a lot about, it's not just me, I'm not just alone. 
but our, the structures that we are in at the moment expect us to solve all the problems individually. And actually what we want is collective responses to stuff. So juicy. You're yeah, amazing. That, her Colbeck is is um like has changed my like I felt like my mind was blown reading her. In one of I read her book and in one track I almost underlined every sentence of the whole chapter. Oh, <laughs> um it, did you read that as part of your feminist book club? Well, we did a podcast. We in the feminist book club, there's a book, a movie, a podcast, an article, or something else each time. Yeah. And we listen to a podcast of hers. Okay. Um, and you were like, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. I really have to go and collect my children, which is a beautiful thing to say right after all this time. Because <laughs> they're not with me and I need to go and collect them. From somewhere else where they've been and all day. <laughs> one of my daughters is going on a play date, so I only need to collect two. It's a special, special day. <laughs> Sam, I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Bye. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode.